yo, the boys on Leaf Talk. What's up, buddy? How we doing? How we living? Hey, man. Nice to see you. Yeah, How's no, things? I know. I it's it's been a hot minute. We didn't. It was pretty random. I guess we should actually quickly say that for those of you that watch this show on the regular, that's the first time we just didn't do a show. Like both you and I had it off for different, like pretty big personal reasons. We thought we had mm-hmm. fill-in hosts. And then that didn't come to fruition at the last minute. So anyway, um, now that that's out of the way, uh, yeah, nice way to return. Nice way to return. I think, honestly, the the first two periods of tonight, and then the response after the Leafs gave up a goal, that's, do you, do you think that's the biggest statement that the team's made all year? Because I think it's that or the Boston game, or, yeah, those it's between those two for me. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to a game that you would try to, think more as a statement game than this but i don't think you can really honestly like the only games that really matter in the regular season now are the games against tampa and the games against boston i guess there's other teams in the east that you can say you know i guess carolina's good you can talk about the rangers who are good who they lost to but i think the ones that really matter are these ones within your division and the way the Leafs played through this game defensively and i think a little bit of it had to do with some of the way the, the tampa bay lightning were playing which we'll get into but just the defensive commitment tonight was back. Like we talked about that game on Saturday night where they looked not very good and they kind of, a few pucks went in their net. They look kind of like the old Leafs. The new Leafs were back tonight in terms of defensive responsibility. So I'd, I'd say this is the number one statement game so far this season, but dude, you know what? This is why. So there's always a debate as to whether or not a, like a, whether or not a measuring stick game exists. Right. And so the measuring stick game is a measuring stick game, blah, 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 blah. Here's what I truly believe. Mm-hmm. You heard Sheldon Keefe. He, he's actually fairly open sometimes with some of the messaging he gives the media. Like, I think that there is some consistency between what goes out and some of what is being told to the guys in that room. Like, mm-hmm. he has talked about, if you've been paying attention, the lack of attention to detail recently, right? They had the mm-hmm. Calgary game, which they got away with. They had the Rangers game where they did not, where the attention to detail has not been as great as usual or as great as it's been during their most successful stretches this year. They've been a little bit looser with the puck and they haven't been as tight defensively and they haven't possessed it as much as they are accustomed to as of late. To me, this is a bit of a measuring stick game because I think that these guys got up for it knowing, okay, let's play the way that we've been playing at our very best against the opponent that is most likely to face us in the postseason, whether anybody likes it or not. Let's see how it goes. And tonight they kick Tampa Bay's ass to the point where Tampa gets a little different leash when it comes to games like this, right? Mm-hmm. Who I think you're out of your mind if you watch that game tonight and went, wow, a big sweeping takeaway for Tampa. But I, to, to me, it was just Toronto gave them a good effort and Tampa looked like they wanted no part of it for the vast majority of the game. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, it was a, just a really sort of stifling defensive effort all the way through. And it's a theme that we've talked about throughout the season that was present again tonight is just the defensive commitment from the forwards all yep. the way through the lineup. And it's just they were all excellent tonight, including Austin Matthews with multiple really great back checks coming back and stripping pucks off guys when he does that sort of one arm scythe move where he like comes from behind and just like cuts it off his stick and of course he scores awesome. a goal. He was really, really great. He was wearing those really beautiful skates for sick kids. Like, he just looked awesome tonight. So, I think the main takeaway for me is that when the Leafs know they need to play against a team like this, they can rise to the occasion. They can play their new style. Because, 
like me and I was talking about with Borning today on the show. He said a lot of their defensive metrics were pretty good last year too. Like they looked like they, they were, were top five. They were top five in a lot of things. But I think the way they got there looked a lot different than it looks this year to me. To me, I test wise, I don't really know how you'd quantify it. But me, it, if I'm watching it, it just looks a lot better defensively this year in terms of just how responsible they are. And maybe it's the forwards. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the difference. But yeah, I, just an excellent effort all around tonight, except by the 98 that. official. I think that it's it's definitely the forwards. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the turnover on the blue line, do you really think that the tough moment for our, your guy Timmons there on the one goal, mm-hmm. just, you know, bad bounce, but then doesn't get it and pucks in the back and Nevestikov just shoves it back there. And I went, oh, but yeah, if you, if you really right, believe stock has gone down a touch, I would say yeah, it, it, a touch. Yeah, that was, it's a touch, but it's a, it's touch, a touch of a touch. It's no yeah, big not deal. too much. It's yeah, yeah. A touch of a touch. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, it's okay to still be excited. Either way, just, just look at the complexion of the blue line. You can't tell me that you honestly believe that they've got a, a better blue line this year, right? Even as excited as people can get about the, the two young Swedes. Yeah, they've had to fill in a lot around the edges. To me, it's absolutely the forwards. It's absolutely the way that they've constructed the bottom six and those guys sort of hitting their stride at the right time. Dude, you've seen it? Okay, so I, I gave my short little take on the Malgan trade on the like my, my podcast this morning. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, this is consistent with what they wanted. They went out and got another Kubel. They want to have guys that can fill in on the bottom six who just kill the clock, who go out there and are not going to give up goals. They want the punt boys. They want just guys who can give you eight to 10 punt and have really great defensive metrics. It's funny too, because that was what David camp was and he's a center. He's far more valuable and they went out and got him in free agency. But if you just look at it like Zach Aston Reese, uh, David camp, Albe Kubel, all these guys are the dudes that on the charts have the war of 20 plus 20%, right? They're the terrible war guys, but all the defensive metrics are the charts are plus, plus, plus. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And the other try guy to stifle th- a sneeze. I was going to say, you're right there, pal. Wait, I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't want to, dude, I don't want to get caught on YouTube with his full <laughs> sneeze. That's getting screen grabbed already. <laughs> a, who's. You can't, you can't, no one's uglier than when they sneeze. Well, I thought That's you the maybe, ugliest you can be, right? It's I, the I, ugliest you can be is when you sneeze. I thought you were maybe a little uh, bent out of shape about them losing Malgan. You were like rubbing your no. face there. I was like, oh, your boy Malgan. But no, you I, want my quick Malgan take of sure. what the thing that bothers me? Nick Robertson was firing on all cylinders coming into camp and he was yeah. incredible in the preseason. And I think he lost a little momentum getting sent down to the minors. And it's the lost story of this, but. Malgan's a guy that they sort of viewed as expendable later on, and they refused to move off of him to make sure that there was room. And I get it. He's a waiver-eligible player. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, two-way contract. You could send Robertson down. It's not supposed to derail a guy. But to me, if he had started, it will, it will always be a what-if for me. If A what-if of you had just given Robertson a bit of a leash at the beginning of the season, and you'd given him some of the minutes that Malgan got, and you weren't yanking him in and out of the lineup. What, what would it have looked like when his confidence was at its highest for a younger guy? What if you would have just told him, hey, you made the team and you said, you know what? Next time, uh, the guy from the Swiss League that's barely a point-of-game player over there, we'll find the next guy, you know? Yeah. So that's, no, that's, that's actually fair. the only one for me. That's fair. I, uh, so the guy that took his spot on the, in the top six tonight with uh, Yarncroc, I thought it was a moment for me where... I didn't necessarily appreciate, and I would say that I was kind of hard on Yarncroc after they signed that contract and sort of his, 
I wouldn't say explosiveness through the first you know quarter of the season where he was playing. But I will say that having seen those other guys on that line with those two guys, I don't think Robertson was very good when he was there. And obviously, Malgin was no good when he was there. No, Malgin went 17 you, games without a point. Playing beside legitimately the best player in the league for a month uh, was pretty remarkable. But I thought that Keith spoke glowingly about Yarncroc in practice for two days. He was like, wow, you know. An NHL player, like, what a, what a, you know, he's like, he skates and he receives passes. Bro, they haven't had that. <laughs> and they would have you want about Yarncroft, yeah, like, yeah. he's Gale Yarncroft. That's, that's like, what I'm going to say. He he's, was, he's an capable. NHL player. Yes. And tonight, you noticed him. And I thought that the top six was as best it's been since Malgin was in it. I know that's not a hot take. No, but, but dude, like, this has always been the book on Yarncroft. It's, it's slots, guys, in the right spot, having a real left winger. And he's not the long term solution. At all at left at left wing, they got to find some way to get a more impactful guy that they could mix in there, maybe mix out. Yarncroft can't be your answer for the rest of the year, but I will say, like he definitely is a responsible guy who can make a pass, shoot the puck. Like he had a great chance on a one timer that Vasilevsky robbed him on. So yep. I really liked him tonight, and I thought he really brought a lot to that line again. Dude, can I tell you something? I, I actually don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he is the long term solution there. Um, to me, they're going to bring Nyes in at some point this season, and he'll get a look, and he'll get a chance to win a job up there. And I know that you laugh about it. And yeah, whatever. I'm, laughing. I'm laughing right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I think that's what the they're not going to do anything too drastic. And to me, he is a pro. That this has been the book on Yarncroc his whole career is Yarncroc. he is some when he's pro, when Yarncroc is properly <laughs> slotted, then he's fine. And then when he's asked to do too much or he's asked to play down the middle, it doesn't work. He's he's again there's a Kerfoot replacement for a reason. You know what the difference between him and Kerfoot is, though, is if you put the puck on his stick, he's going to fire it with yeah. a plus shot. Whereas Kerfoot is just, yeah, there's nothing that you say plus in the offensive part of his game. There's no, that's no. that's not a thing. Yarncroc has that, so I don't I don't see why that actually couldn't work. Is somebody who, from distance, is going to be able to fire pucks on the net, maybe get a Tavares tip or who Marner can look for to set up for the odd time who's not bad on the forecheck, who is responsible to, like for a 200-foot game. I, I, again, I don't have a problem with Yarncroc as a player. I think he's actually fine. The only thing that I'll always have as a bit of a, huh, was did you have to give him four years? Who was, who was the team that was competing for yeah. fourth year of him? It was always a yeah. weird move. Yeah, it was. It was a bit of a weird move. But yeah, I think Dubas has kind of missed on some of those ones. Like that's been, it's been up and down. When you're signing yeah. guys to two, two and a half million dollar contracts, like it's, you get Richies, you get Yarncrocs. You get buntings and you get camps. Like so, it just, it's a, it's a mixed bag. So there's a lot of bunting conversations tonight. Um, but I just okay. thought, I thought that that line was absolutely dominant. Him, Nylander and Matthews. And I really hey, find, hey. I really, really feel like they're finding a, a really nice groove right here. And yeah. I mean, bunting scores a great goal. It's an awesome shot. He had every sort of thing happen to him in this game. He gets buried from behind. He gets into a, Borderline fist fight with an official. Can we can we stop on that and roll that <laughs> yes. tape, sis? Can we roll bunting and what's the name of the ref? Dave. Da Dan Kelly, I think. Dan Kelly, that's it. Dan Kelly. So I, I but we just need to talk about this quickly because let's roll the tape. No, uh, yeah, this is it. Yeah, but he blows his shoe here. Oh my yeah. god, that was dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I, I actually quick aside there before we see Dan Kelly go after bunting. Um, to me, so much of why this line is clicking and going crazy is because of how great Nylander's been. But yeah, All dude, right. I, I got to tell you, I think that's a bit too much. I, refs hate that guy <laughs> because he's well, always diving and he's always making their jobs harder. And 
I think that this is just a guy who had enough, but I, I don't think a ref can do that. I, I, I don't know, man, that the doors open. It's just, I'm not going to say dangerous, right? I'm not offended by it, but that, that's, uh, that's a the pretty good shove. shove. The second shove is too much, man. I, I'm not trying to be a baby here, right? Like, am I being a baby? I just thought when no. I saw this, the first shove, I went, okay, whatever. But the, then when he goes in for the second one, I, dude, you got to chill out, Dan. You got to chill out, Daniel. That guy is a former player. Yeah, he's getting he's a talking a, to from the league. I can promise he's, you. Like, he's a bit he's a bit aggro, as you can yeah. tell there. And I sent you a video from the 20, was it 2015 or 2016 uh, Calder Cup playoffs in the AHL yeah. where he was a player. Yeah. And he absolutely yeah. eviscerated Andre. <laughs> yeah, where did you find that? Uh, Jeff, Jeff Fayette tweeted it out. He okay, said, yeah. Never okay. forget that this is the guy that yeah. killed Johnson. And, and Dude, good pull by him. Absolutely brutal hit. So, listen. Uh, I'm not Mr. Hate on the refs and I, I'm not really that kind of guy, but I will say that that was a pretty bad display. Like you no, can't, what? The, you like can't, I said, the and, second shove, and, the, it, it was funny when it first happened. I was kind of laughing at it. And then when we were watching the replays and tell insist to grab the video of it, I was looking at it a second time and I went, there's no way that the league isn't going to say something to him. The officials are going to go, dude, you can't be shoving guys and, and thinking you're a player in the court. Like, you're not in a scrum in front of the net. You're the official. And also, what is he breaking up exactly, right? Like, this isn't a guy who's trying to stop players from getting into a huge scrum and breaking up a crazy fight. Like, he's just, he's taking liberties on poor Bunting. <laughs> dude, you and I love talking about how... Bunting gets ragdolled by everyone every single night now that he's picked up the beating. <laughs> and it's literally now everyone who steps out of the ice. He's just, we're, we're an assistant coach away from just the full bingo square of Bunting getting his ass beat by every single person on the ice. So let's see it. Let's see it happen. I hope Keith gets asked about that tonight because we'll be fascinated to hear what he says about that. It's just, I've never, I, I guess I... Have I ever seen it? Like a, him a no, ref being that it. aggro, but like no, dude, it's tearing it. guys out of it's like tearing guys out of a fight. Or what I'm saying, you've holding seen guys it in down to the ice where guys yeah. have to get super aggressive because yeah. an official knows that they're jumping into a scrum mm -hmm. and they might take one if they don't make that executive decision. 100%. The difference with that one is again, it's like yeah, I kept looking around, going where where's the other guy in this in the equation? <laughs> the other guy, with Dan Kelly. Remember when they used to do the 360 camera? Whatever happened to that? Yeah, what, oh, uh, dude, you know what would have been great? Remember ref cam? Oh my god, yeah. Why'd they get rid of that? Dude, that was the only time we ever needed ref cam. Imagine he was like calling them names. He's like, "What are you gonna do about it?" <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, I I thought it was too much. Anyways, back bunting. This is the main point. Was about his game tonight. I just, yeah. yeah. He he's scored found, the nice first goal. Yeah, and he's found his sweet spot playing with stars again. Yep. Like we, the the start of the year, he was off. He, I think maybe there was some of it that they he read his own press clippings a little bit too much. Maybe he was trying to do a little bit too much. He knew it was a contract year. Wasn't all this penalties anymore. All, he was definitely all, the number yeah. one guy at every officiating meeting conference that they were yes. like, and this is a dive. This is a and, dive. That's a dive. And all of that stuff kind of was piling up on him. He got dropped down to the bottom six. He was on the fourth line for a little while, and then they put him back up there, and he's really found what made him great last year and it's his ability to compliment star players like he's he gives the puck off to them in the right spots he goes to the front of the net he can shoot it he has a little bit of touch around the net he draws penalties he pisses people off 
he's really found his form that he found last year. So I'm I'm happy to see that he's done it and he's made that line go. Obviously, it's Nylander's play who's been excellent. I think Matthews is heating up, but he's still not at full value. And it is Nylander. Nylander's uh, it's, absolutely it's Nylander. driving that line. Just, no, you're Nylander no is kicking ass every single night, and you just there's there's so many shifts now where he'll just go in gain the zone, drive it to the net, and create a high-danger opportunity. I'd love to see, actually, like, the golf tracer, you know, of just Nylander zone entries and where a lot of them end up because he's just – he's kicking ass, man. Like, it's just nonstop. He's doing it so quietly. I, I, I don't know. I brought it up multiple times. This, to me, has been clearly Marner's season. There's no doubt about it. But – Nylander has just sort of, I, I always thought with Nylander, okay, I'll put hand up, honest, like honestly time, truth tree time. Mm. I never saw Nylander, whenever people would do the Nylander-Marner conversation, I would go, why, why are we doing this? The one guy is clearly better, and Nylander can have games where he goes up like that, but he was never consistent the way that Marner was, and yeah, I just didn't see the full Nylander experienced the same way that some other people did. And, and I thought that it became kind of identity politics with him at times. A lot of the discourse, right? It was either your boomer or your Gen Z based on how you oh, see yeah. this player, He's right? It was stupid. Was, and so it came I, down to your political views a lot of times. Yeah, that's what I mean. You, and it's, and, and when that happens with athletes and that happens with sports topics, I generally try to kind of check out of it because I just don't even want to be involved. You know, I'm going, this isn't what I got involved in sports for. So you guys worry about it. <laughs> you know, you guys... <laughs> Fight it out all you want. I He's just a not... perfect. He was the perfect sports talk radio hockey player. Absolutely, but because he's year, right, there's people who sell this way and that way. But this year, he's just he's absolutely been on that level. Like he's, I'm not going to say he's been Mitch Marner because Marner again had is having one of the seat like he's having his career season. So Nylander's having his career season though too. It's just I I'm I'm so incredibly impressed by him every single night. He's just there's I would say that out of all the guys consistently lately. He's been the one making the most wow plays where I go, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, wow, Nylander, wow. That's no, just he's over and over and over again. 100%, but I, I still don't think he affects the game in the way that, that Marner no, he does doesn't. in all facets. He doesn't. Like, I just think that Marner's the gap still between clearly, them was, yeah. you know, I think the, gra- the gap has definitely shrunk from yep. years past to this year. There's no yep. question there, but I, to me, Marner is still affecting the game way more in all three 100%. zones. So, this, but yeah, no, I, the gap has been closed. Yeah, it's his team right now. I just think that Nylander, yeah, I'm just trying to theorize as to why his season has gone a little underappreciated given that he's been their goals leader, he's been a line driver, he's been mm-hmm. consistent every single night. And, and because I feel, everybody's waiting for the quiet two weeks. But it doesn't even, maybe I'm just off Twitter as much, but it doesn't even feel like the nerds are celebrating him the way that they used to. Maybe not. But I I, maybe, but maybe that's because there's not the people that are attacking him, and so there's no need to defend, and so the discourse is just quiet. I don't know. I just I I think that he's having a brilliant year, and this isn't exactly a uh, a take, right? No. Oh, I think the good player is good. This is the ultimate <laughs> straw man. I just yeah, I'm I'm unbelievably impressed by him, and I feel like he does fall by the wayside from a narrative standpoint. And if I'm trying to point or pin down, hey, what are the reasons why this team could be different this season, right? Like, what are the reasons why you should believe that this Leafs version is a better iteration of years past? Which is what mm-hmm. we're kind of doing, right? Watching games like them play Tampa. You're right. The forward defensive commitment and the style of play that they seem to be embracing is better. I still think that the goaltenders are a question mark. They've been good, but 
one guy gets injured and we just saw Samsonov have a game where he talked about his nerves. And yeah. I'm sorry, but I just I don't want to hear that from a goaltender on a regular season game against his former team. That's nice that it's honest, but yeah, it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence for me when you're talking about a franchise that has more pressure on them than any like arguably any other team in North American sports right now. Um but with uh, oh, but with Elander, sorry, no, that's just closing the thought. I'm just rambling, but yeah, to close the thought on Elander, I feel like his consistency and the level that he's unlocked is uh, one of the biggest reasons that I think that they're different. And one of the biggest reasons that I feel like when they're dominating every night, they're just absolutely kicking ass. I just, yeah, I look at him and go, tonight against the Lightning, he's what on the ice tonight? I agree, I agree completely with that in terms of how good he's been this year. But you also have to look to the playoffs the last few years where he was their best forward. So, But, but that's what I'm saying. But no, and but, I think he's better than what he's been in the last couple of years. But I think we've seen this version of him more in the playoffs than we have in the regular season pretty consistently. So I think, to me, the bigger thing would be Martyr and Matthews rise, raising the, you know, rising the occasion than it would be Elander. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There's no debate. Like they were good in the first five games of that series, and then Game Six and Game Seven, there was nothing. Right. So it's still, it's still. Like, listen, I gotta ask you a question. You watch this game and you're happy that they won and I'm happy that they won. And, you know, it's a measuring stick game. But, like, do you think the Leafs can beat these guys in a series? Yeah. Okay. I do. I, okay. I will say that I'm not taking that much from it, truth serum-wise. I'm impressed by the way the Leafs play because they were engaged mm-hmm. and you can only play the team that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. But I did think that Tampa tonight just decided we don't care. They, they like showed a holiday up, they, break game. Dude, you know when you play pickup in any sport and there's just, you're there to have fun and then there's the guy that just decides, like, this is my Super Bowl and I'm going to play hard. I'm going to mm-hmm. just, you know, do everything. I'm going to play hard tonight. Yep. And you're going, I'm not, I'm not here for that this evening. I <laughs> thought that, that was the lightning tonight. They just, they showed up. They thought, hey, I was just here to shoot around and kind of go for a skate, go for a run. And now you're here, <laughs> you know coming in and I got to watch where you are on the ice or I got to watch you pick me up full court at a pickup game. Like I just, I'm good. I'm, so, I'm not, I'll pass it. I'm, I'm, I'm next, next game. The reason that I bring this up, it's just the bottom six for the Leafs. I love that. Maybe it's just the fourth line and I guess it's stupid to get bogged down on the fourth line or whatever, maybe in the bottom oh. six, but I thought, you know, Kerfoot camp and Engvall, has shown in the regular season that they're a really good for- third line, and they played well in the yeah, first round. Camp was awesome in the first round against Tampa last year. But then you know, look at the fourth line. It's Pontus Holmberg. It's Joey Anderson. It's Zach Gaston Reese. And I look down their lineup, and to me, their forward depth is just – it's scary. And that's the one thing with with this team that going against them in a playoff series again – like all the different types of guys they can throw out there and the way they play in terms of grittiness and the way that they play in terms of leaning on you. Like, you know, we I talked about it. It was a Neanderthal tweet by me. I, I completely agree. But in the first period, you know, Matt Murray's getting stood on by by uh, Corey Perry. Sandine's sitting there. He does nothing with it. Matt Marner gets buried into the boards. Oh, the only person that's there to do anything is Neilander, who's kind of like grabbing onto him. Bunting is getting in a fight with the ref. I... I do worry about them having the physical and mental edge on the Leafs. Like I know well, this is a great this is a great regular season win. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want to get too bogged down on this because I don't want to be ma- Mr. Negative. I don't want to sound like Kipper here, being like you can't beat him in the playoffs. I was but just going to say that does, this feels that, like your full Kipper disciple. No, right now. no, but I just 
the thought crosses my mind when I watch their guys in the bottom six who are big and strong and gritty and lean on these kind of not no namey guys, but you look at that least fourth line. I know they'll improve it, but I just I do have worries with the physical and sort of mental edge. Okay, so I think that's a fine thing to question. And especially hmm. since that's going to be, like we said, the biggest question with Marner and Matthews is when they, whether they can overcome it. I just, the only place that that actually means something to me when it comes to the physical play, because like God, I, I had Maroon Kucherov on my is such a dirt bag. Oh my God. I, I, I had, oh, but that, but Kucherov is just, Kucherov actually has a lot more Marchand to him than Pete. Like, he's does. actually <laughs> more of a Marchand than Marchand. Hundred percent, not even yeah. close. He does, he does way dirtier things. Like, yeah, Marchand does disgusting things, like with saliva. But <laughs> no, Kucherov does things like leave his feet when your back is turned. And yeah, yes. I just, I, I'm gonna say he's scumbag. <laughs> he's sure. a, oh no, scumbag. Doubt. no, no, doubt. he's he's a he's a scumbag. Um, where so it props up a little Pat bit. Maroon? You said well, you're say oh, so, oh yeah, I had Pat Maroon on my podcast today, and yeah. I was talking to him about this and saying, where did you feel like you had the edge? Where do you feel like they had the edge? We just had a conversation, and some of it was a little bit of hockey stuff, but I asked him flat out, and I said, hey, do you feel like you guys like had, had the like bigger physical edge? Like, How do you think it manifested? And he said, yeah, we do. We felt like we could wear them down throughout a series, and we felt like we get pucks in deep. But you also got to remember, that's his line's responsibility. Mm -hmm. And his line does stick out because they're different in hockey now, right? Big old Maroon goes in down there, and they've got a couple of other guys, Kalorn, and they just have bodies. Belmar, that that get in deep. Corey Perry is just not afraid of it. Every once in a while, that line specifically establishes a forecheck and a cycle, and you feel it with the Leafs' blue line and their forward group if they've got the wrong the grouping out there, which is their fourth line. And you go, oh, my God. they And you saw it even, too. Like, right after Tampa made it 2-1, there was a shift a couple minutes later that was those guys where they created a couple of chances around the net. Yeah. And so to me, that is a dangerous component that the Leafs should be afraid of. But that's more of a, to me anyway, where they still need a guy that is a cycle killer defenseman and why whenever we do all these luxury ads and we talk about forwards that ultimately if they can get somebody that's supposed to be the team's version of what Muzzin used to be for them, which is the, the defensive conscious, the guy that yeah. can lay the body back there, someone that can give you 20 minutes and who can go out there and, and compete with bodies like that in the corners and in front of the net, that probably helps them more than anything. That's, that's where I really feel like, oh, right, you do have Lilligren out there. And he is taking a penalty on, what is it, Stamkos, the first one of the game when he's going to the net. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I don't have another recourse to do this. Oh, you do have Sandy back there. You do have Morgan Riley, not tonight, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I feel that is when there's those big forwards that have played together for a while, that play that heavy style, that can get in front of the net, and they don't, the Leafs don't have anybody to move them, and they don't have anybody to kill a cycle. And so it stands out. But I, I'll be honest, like if the big question is, hey, are you really afraid of Tampa, the big bad wolf? Not really. I think that they're very even teams. The Leafs could win it a different way. And yeah, if they can limit high danger chances the way that they did tonight and just have their stars show up, I think that the Leafs' top guys right now are just hitting their prime and peaks, whereas some of Tampa's top guys are trying very hard to maintain. And okay. we'll see. Yeah, Maroon no, I, also talked about them trying to main, like that they're still hungry to win cups and they know that the windows are short and so they're going to be desperate once they hit the playoffs. But... Dude, that many deep runs, you have to wonder if it, it feels the same for a guy like Kucherov, if he's going to be as desperate in a playoff series as somebody like a Matthews is going to be or a Nylander is going to be this year. 
No, it's fair. It's fair. I just listen. It's truth tree. We're talking amongst ourselves, and there's just yeah. aspects of that game I watched tonight, and like what I wouldn't give for one of the Leafs' four stars to have the edge that Kucherov has. Like that sneaky, dirty streak in him, where he just you know yeah. once in a while you just do something. Like that's the that's I what know. it comes down to. And but like, we talk about this all the time, and it's just they're they're not gonna have it. I know. Waiting. It's just it's, you can't teach that, but right? That's, like, that's what just, Dryden hunts for, I guess. Yeah, but that's actually what training for John Taves is for, is in my opinion, is because he does have a little bit of that, you know. Yeah, and that, yes. Captain Sirius, Ryan just, O'Reilly, Lady Bing. I love that too. Minutes. Listen, I love my boy. Right yeah, I love my boy Jake B. Leafs Twitter account, but he tweeted one today of if the Leafs could trade for Ryan O'Reilly, the top piece was Nick Robertson going all the way. We, I would do it. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the. I don't think yeah. it's going to take as much as you think to get Ryan O'Reilly's expiring contract. Like he's probably going to have a limited no trade. Like I don't think it's going to be as big a blockbuster. Like that's not like the Matthew Nyes conversation with Ryan O'Reilly. They could be sort of the B level prospects in a pick or whatever. But yeah, I, I, I just I would love that's to see. That's not him what get. I've been told. Oh, yeah. I've asked. I've asked like what his price, and he'll just he'll like yeah he'll have. He he's just going to have a fairly competitive market. The yeah. scary one is that there's just that little bit of buzz of how the lightning want Bo Horvat. And I'm like, how's that even possible? What are we talking about here? How's this? Yeah, uh... they, they play, they play no cap, no penalties, uh, you know, no, no state tax. They get to play a different game. The what? Lightning. I, dude, I almost swore three times there because it just pissed <laughs> me off. I just, but it was multiple hockey people, credible people said that. I mean, I went, but what? No, yeah. <laughs> they did. <laughs> What? I disagree. No, I disagree. Well, I just uh, I don't know. How is this supposed to work? What goes out? What comes in? How yeah. is this? How are we doing this? What? They just got a secret. They're like me when I was a kid with Monopoly, hiding money under the board, going secret bank. You Another know? one. <laughs> oh, turns out I had money the entire time. So, I, yeah, no, I'm not into that. Do you have anything else hard from the game? I got a couple of fun I, ones. I wanted to bring I, up with you. I, one quick bullet, and it's simple, is just because we were talking about the Leafs forward depth. Man, I just I'm 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 falling in love with Holmberg. I just I Oh, I knew just, you were gonna say the Pontus. I get this I, man I, some wingers. I'm just I'm I got a crush. It just he does things, man. He just he does things during a game and he did things tonight, and that's why when you're talking about hey, the no names down the lineup, I'm I'm like, Yeah, I agree, but also I, sh- I shouldn't I shouldn't have included Pontus in that because I completely agree. But I just, like he made how many how many offensive plays has he made where like he's passed it off? And yeah. Joey Anderson kicks it into the corner and Zach has oh, oh, reads Zach Anderson beats it into a square. It's just that play when they were playing the Rangers yeah. and he makes that unbelievable no look pass tape to tape to Zach Aston Reese, who has the wide open net. All it takes yeah. is one stride to the backhand. Just put it beats in. it into the pillows yeah. immediately. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Can you I, please get this hey, guy at half decent wing? Because he's you good. Know, He's he's good, but the words I was right, you know, the word I put beside him, the first thing is mm-hmm. poise. He just he plays yeah. with poise. He's just a very poised player, and it just doesn't seem like things speed up for him. And maybe that happens over higher pressure games, but I, I keep waiting to have a moment where I go, oh yeah, you're not doing it. It's just not. He just he's doing little things every single night, and he's noticeable, and he's making a positive impact. He's a yeah. plus player to me. So yeah, he's I'm just coming to the lineup and not left. Yeah, like the, and, the Keith loves him, and I just. At first, I thought that was a Keith. That was actually people forget that Keith learned some stuff from Babcock and that mm-hmm. they shared a room and that everyone thinks they're like these wildly different guys. But we know Justin Bourne and he was in that organization. He talks about it all the time how <laughs> they tried to have real symmetry down the line yes. of anyway, I, I don't want to get into it. But 
I thought that was just the classic Babcock. If you show up and you're a nobody and you work hard, that he's going to lavish you with praise to try to motivate the other guys. But mm-hmm. I think it actually is more than that. I think that, like, that was my initial, you know, antenna was just, oh, yeah, that's just a coaching mind game. And now I, I think he's just like the rest of us where there's a, a little crush. It's just, For sure. it's just Kipper, a little crush. Kipper loves him so much. He said someone was going to offer sheet him. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know, I'm not No, that's a full blown like infatuation that he had. But no, I got a crush. I, I'm, I'm crushing. Um, I'm crushing hard. I just, and I know I'm seeing more of the positive, but I just am. I, I like it. I like the way no. he plays. And I completely agree with everything you said there. Get that man a couple wingers. Maybe Dryden yeah. Hunt is one of those guys that's going to go down there. Hey, let's see Dryden Hunt. It up. I'm, I'm yeah. fine with it. There's We're no, number two, Joe, number hey, guess what? Joey Anderson is not bye blocking bye. Dryden Hunt. See it's you later. Bye-bye time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Matthews tonight. Beautiful gesture. Wears the sick kid stuff. Yep. Has the sick kid skates. Has them all, all of them up in the box up there. Awesome gesture. But I got to ask you this question about the man wearing skates. It blows my mind that like these skate, there must be such unbelievably custom six skates. This man's breaking in a new set of skates, first game in the NHL. Like you, like anybody else, puts on a, that. you put yeah. on a new set of skates, and like you, you step out in the ice and you're about to like fall on your ass. A new set of skates is your first time wearing them in an NHL game. That is almost as impressive as his game tonight. Is the fact he's wearing a brand new set and he goes out on the ice. It's crazy. Yeah, I, 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 it's a really good observation. Like, I'm sure he broke them in at a skate. Yeah, like you know, one, but no, one, one twirl? two wears. I'm, I was gonna say like maybe two wears before yeah. tonight. Crazy. Yeah, that's, that that's is impressive. pretty crazy. That's impressive. Like, Honestly, he's gonna have, he's gonna have me... a blister on his doll for sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, blister, but also it makes me think how stupid we all look about. Hey, it's a big game. It's an important game, and then he's out there going, "Yeah, I'll share. I'll struggle." <laughs> I'll put new wheels on but tonight. Those skates looked awesome. They were yeah, shimmering and I just yeah. love the colors. So I just thought that, yeah, no, I know that's a stupid are... little, I know that's a stupid little observation, but it just I don't blows think my mind. At all. I think it's actually, a gr- I think it's the best observation of the night. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I think it is. I think that's the best. That is the best observation of the night. There's no doubt about it. I put that. You should have led with that. That was way better than <laughs> statement game. Anyway, what else do you got? Uh, it's on fire now. Keep it rolling. Matt, now it's going to uh, be bad. Yeah, it's just Matt Murray. I, oh. You know, I, I thought he made some solid saves. Didn't like the goal at all that went in. He's doing that weird, like, push out with his whole body thing with his feet up in the air kind of. Defense, defense, defense. I, I tweeted the Mighty Ducks meme uh, that I, I made me think about Mighty Ducks where they're dominating the game and the goalies yeah. in the back of the net doing the pirouettes and Listen. just bored others. That's the worst. I've told you, that's the worst thing you can be as a goaltender. That's not even NHL. Like, he had, what, seven shots on him in, deep in the second period? That's a joke. That's an actual joke. I, I don't know how, even at the NHL level, you can stay engaged the same way. You need to feel the puck. Honestly, dude, I was, who was I talking about this with? Oh, it was Steve Valiquet a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And he does all the, hey, why are save percentages down and why are, and I was asking about it and going, hey, what are your theories and what are your things? And he went, no, it's not even a theory. It's just a fact. There are more high danger chances going on goaltenders than there ever have been before because the new formula has been don't let goaltenders feel it. Try and just be patient. And everybody is limiting your shot to a certain degree to make sure that you get the high danger chance. Like that's just something that we're seeing across the board in the league. Mm. And I went, that's what sucks about a night like tonight is you're Matt Murray. You're sitting back there and you got seven shots against you. And then all of a sudden, boom, 
uh, Nemestikov is two feet in front of you, and you're like, oh my god, the game's happening in front of you. <laughs> Shuffle it in that. Yeah, no, like that. Is, Why does he? He does that move though. Because it's his. I I call it's it the Dracula. I he does the Dracula where he's like, hey, <laughs> That's, he, he Dracula's. He always, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put this on him, but it kind of yeah. reminds me of when Reimer used to get beat, and he'd just be like, yeah. Remember that? I, I know. Of course, I remember that. That's trauma for me. That Serrano. <laughs> that's. Yeah, do I remember that? No. Of um, I just think there's a world with when he's still playing for Ottawa and his save percentage is floating around eight ninety nine ninety. Buddy, of course. Let's just say that. That's a that's. It, two things can be true. Matt Murray and Samsonov have played great this season. They've had really good stretches. They've made some really good saves, but they are playing on arguably the best team in hockey to team. be in, to be behind. You yep. know, like no if doubt. you could pick a team, you, if you were in a contract year. Your goalie, probably be picking them right now for the regular season. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, what right. what's next? Anything else? That's it. That's all I Those got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You were a little negative, Nancy, tonight. You were like, Leafs won that game, and you went, "Hey, st- they, they're soft," and Matt Murray stinks. I <laughs> yeah. just, I can they I win? It's just, it's just PTSD, man. I yeah, no, I just okay. watch these two sweaters against each other and. I just worry. I just Bro, worry I just like I being the this... positive one. I, you know, yeah. I'm never the positive one. This is I know nice. This is, I know this is just coming in April, and it's going to be yeah. so scary, and it's going to have. It's going to come down to seven games. It's going to come down to a puck off somebody's ass, a bad call, and that's going to be it. So, yeah, but you know what? what I'm looking is, forward to. You know what's so frustrating about the sport? Sometimes I really do think that there's a large mental component for the Leafs, and I've been preparing for the playoffs this year. By anybody who listens to my podcast, know this. I've been very obsessive about reading about sports psychology this year and mm. just reading about different experiences of athletes that have broken through. No, because I actually think that it's useful information. Like, what am I supposed to say? I can't talk about playing in big games. No. So I can learn about something that other people have gone through. And so wow. I've been really focused in on this and I've been thinking about that. And I, I believe in that a lot. But the frustrating thing about hockey sometimes is that we put all this time and effort and energy into it. And like you just said, a puck goes in off an ass and then <laughs> yeah. just, you win the game. Okay. They yeah. won. Great. <laughs> Game, <laughs> game's over. I, I'll yeah. never forget. I read Bob McCowan's book when I was probably, I don't know, I want to say 23, 22. Mm-hmm. And one of the opening chapters, there's a take about if you watch to- most hockey games and took out the goals, you it's a guessing game of who won. Yep. And I, that just, that always stuck with me. <laughs> That's I went, so true. Right. It yeah. just. Yeah, so Listen, I don't want to be Mr. Negative. It's an awesome win for the Leafs tonight. No, no, it's fine. There's I don't stuff care. in the back of my mind. That's all I got to yeah, say. Yeah, it's fine. Just, I don't care. That's what this it, is. It lives rent free in my brain what yeah. happened last year. And, you know, it's going to be the same officiating Bro. crew. They're going to have Dan Kelly. They're going to send him out to center ice. He's going to have to go toe to toe with John Tavares and just talk about it. He's buckling so afraid of it. Dan Kelly's his tail. Just goes back to the bench. No, dude, I don't care. I, it's so funny, too, though, that it's just, yeah, the, the whole toxic positivity culture of people going, just don't say anything that is on your mind that's negative. <laughs> that's actually the most negative person you can be, yes, in my opinion. you're right. Anyway, um, we're done tonight, so subscribe to the podcast. Go leave five stars on iTunes or on Spotify. It does, like, it really does help us. So if you're just yes. a regular YouTube watcher, you want to do something nice, go follow the podcast, uh, subscribe to it on either platform, and then, yeah, leave five stars. It always does help us. Um, and then little PSA, I should have said this earlier in the show, but Sammy's off now, Bourne's off now. I'm going to handle Thursday immediately after the game, two o'clocker banger. I'm going to do it with Ian Tullock. 
Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go on a Christmas break period. We thought we were going to try to do episodes over the Christmas break, but it's just with uh, like our, our production team, everybody trying to execute it from different places. It just it wasn't feasible. So we're sorry, but there will be three games off. And one of those games is going to be New Year's Eve, which sucks because it's against the Avalanche. And I, I they got no one playing. They're all hurt. So, well, and. Anything. It, it's just it is gonna be funny because I'll probably be with you on New Year's Eve and yeah anyway it's just we'll be sitting there watching Leafs game <laughs> and then feel guilty we didn't do it so maybe there'll be something anyway but uh, either way uh, we'll be off for three games but I'll remind everybody there and uh, yeah we'll be back and then it'll be full steam ahead and the rest of the way born myself Sam pretty much every single game so we have tickets to one comedy show the three of us together so we have to find fill-ins for one night for the rest of the stretch um, anyway thanks for watching we appreciate it uh, Go Leafs.